0: You may be seated. Thank you, Lord. My wife asked me the other day, what about 2021? I said, I proclaim 2021 a year of increase. Everybody said, well, we're going to make resolutions. First of all, you don't keep them. So it's was a waste of airspace to even make them. It'd be a whole lot better if we would make a commitment than worried about making a resolution. So I would say that we'd make a commitment that we're going to receive all the promises of God that's in the book. And perpetual means everlasting. In other words, what God has said in Genesis is true all the way through to Revelation. The promises of God, the Bible says are yea and amen. Every one of them is yours. Every one of them is mine if we want to take a hold of them. Now, in the Bible, we read in the 12th chapter of Genesis, and God is talking to Abraham, and he tells Abraham in the 12th chapter, he said, get out of your country from your kin, folks, from your father's house into land I will show you. That right there ought to tell us something to get away from our people. And he said, I'll make thee a great nation, and I will bless thee, and I'll make their name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. And so Abraham, at that time, Abram departed. Now, a few years later in Genesis, the 13th chapter, that's because Abraham followed God and listened to God, in the 13th chapter, the Bible says in verse 2 that Abram was very rich in livestock, silver, and gold. He didn't say anything in Genesis twelve one that he had anything. He just said, here's what I want you to do. Get where I tell you to go, and I'll bless you. And so in Genesis the 13th chapter, he's, the Bible says he's very rich. And so we know the story. We're not going to go through all of that with Abraham. But it comes to... Genesis, a 22nd chapter, and Abraham has a choice. In Genesis, 22nd chapter, it came to pass, verse 1, that God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, and he said, here I am. And he said, I want you to take your son, thy only son Isaac, who he had given him. Number one, that is a command of faith. God had told Abraham and commanded him to take Isaac and he's going to sacrifice his promised child. Now, he's already told Abraham through his seed, Isaac, that the world would be blessed. It was through Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob that the world, that the blessings of God come. So now he comes back to Abraham in the 22nd chapter and he says this, I want you to take thy son, whom thou love, and offer him at Moriah as a burnt offering, which I will tell you. The second thing in this passage of Scripture is a surrender of faith. Abraham got the command of faith to go, and then after he got the command of faith to go, God said, now you must surrender him. The biggest problem that church folks have is they won't give up what they God. got. They want to hold on to all their toys. Well, I knew this was going to be a shouting service today. God is trying to get our attention here. And, he's, and He told Abraham, He said, now I want you to go. And so, to paraphrase the story, they left. Now, in verse 3, it said, Abraham rose early in the morning and saddled his donkey and took two young men with him and Isaac, and wood for the offering, and went to the place where God had told them to be. Then on the third day, Abraham lifted his eyes and saw the place afar off. And Abraham said to his young men, Abide here with the donkey, I and the lad will go yonder and worship, and we will come back to you. Abraham had faith that if he gave up Isaac, that he, if he surrendered the one thing that he loved, the promised child, Abraham had enough faith that he believed God could raise Isaac from the dead. So what happened was he was obedient to go. And he said, and look what he said. He said, me and the boy's coming back. Well, God's done told him to sacrifice him. What's he talking about? God told him, he said, Abraham, I want you to go and kill your son as an offering. Abraham left and told Isaac, said, come on, we're going to go. Take him to where he told him to be. Most of the time, the reason we miss God, we're not where we're supposed to be. You've got Christians today. Let me tell you something. You've got Christians today. That's going to be no better off December of this year than they are right now. Why? Because they won't serve God. They won't get up off their blessed assurance and get to the house of God and serve God, but they want God to bless them. God doesn't bless a mess. If your life is a mess, God can't bless messes. He will give you a message to help your mess. But he don't bless messes, right. so that's what happened. Now we got people. I have them call in here all the time. Well, can can you pray for me? I can't pray for ignorant people because they don't listen. That's true. They want prayer, but they're going to go back out and do the same old thing to do. So God can't help that. God could help someone like Abraham because Abraham listened to him, and Abraham was willing to give up. The one thing that he loved. And so here's what he said here. And and, and, and Isaac spoke to Abraham the father. And he said here, he said, Father, here I am. And he said, look, the fire and the wood, but where's the lamb? He didn't know he was the lamb. And he's asking God, he said, where's the lamb? Look what Abraham said in verse 8. And Abraham said, My God, I mean, my son, God will provide himself a lamb for the burnt offering. So both of them went to where they were supposed to go. Now, we know now that later that Abraham called his place Jehovah-Jireh, my provider. Now, I'm going to ask you a question here this morning. Here is Abraham and Isaac going where God told them to go, to the mountain. They make the offering, they put the wood on the, the altar, and he's getting ready to put Isaac on the altar. Now you know yourself, and this is what the Bible says, that there was a, there was a ram. Not a lamb. There was a ram. See, a lamb doesn't, God's got everything planned for you. If you'll just listen to him. God had all of this planned. Now you know, I'm just going to tell you my side of the story, that here's a ram in the meadow grazing in the grass and it's nice and cool. But God causes that ram to climb up a mountain. Oh, you ain't got this. God called a ram that was in the valley eating grass to leave the grass and go up a rocky mountain to where there ain't nothing. He goes up to the mountaintop and he's snooting around and he gets his horns caught in the brush. So as as Isaac's laying on the altar... God God stays the knife that's in Abraham's hand. And as Abraham is getting ready to kill Isaac, God spoke to him. He said, Abraham, he said, i tell you what. He said, if you'll turn around, you'll see the offering. See, sometimes we need to turn around and see what kind of mess we've been in. Then we can see the offering. And so he, 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 turns around and there's a ram in the bush. I tell you this today, God's got a ram in your bush somewhere if you'll hook up to him. And so what happens here now, and, and he finds the ram. Now look what happened in verse 17. Now, Abraham said this is the place he called Jehovah Jireh. In verse 17, the Bible says this. He told Abraham that in blessing I will bless thee, and in multiplying I will multiply thee as the seas of the stars of the heaven, and as the sand that is up on the seashore. And in thy seed, thy seed, that you, shall possess... The gate of his enemies. You. You the seed of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Turn over to Galatians real quick. In Galatians 3.13, the Bible says this. Christ has redeemed us from the curse. You know what's on this earth today? It's a curse. The Bible says, I have been redeemed from the curse. Well, I know you're asleep, but I mean, my God, that that would make a mummy shout to just know that that, that while I've been redeemed, I don't have to operate in the curse. Because he said then, I have redeemed you from the curse being made a curse, for it is written, Cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree. Now look what he said here. That the blessing of Abraham will come through the Gentiles through Christ Jesus that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through what? Faith. Faith. Your faith. Now, you don't have to turn there, but in Hosea, the 10th chapter, verse 12, Hosea prophesies about fallow ground. He said, dig up, Hosea prophesied, dig up fallow ground. Fallow ground is, uh, the farmer would say, he would lay aside part of the field, and they call it fallow ground. It's until land. It's land that grows up. A lot of times it's weeds and bushes and all kinds of stuff. It's fallow ground. Hosea said, I want you to start digging up your unused ground. He's telling you to dig up your unused faith. Some of us' faith has laid dormant. You haven't tried to utilize the faith that God has given. It's laid dormant. Some of you's faith has laid dormant for years. I say that 2021, you should dig up the fallow ground and start planting, bless God, and start sowing, bless God, and start seeing God move in your life. God took Isaac in Genesis and told him to sow in a famine land. And the Bible says that in that famine land where Isaac had sowed, that he reaped a hundredfold return in the same year in a desert, in famine. God is able to move for us if we will stretch our faith. Sometimes we say, well, if I can just get by. Let me tell you something. I grew up barely getting by. I lived on barely getting by a street. You know, we was one of those poor people. The poor people called us poor. That's how poor we was. I grew up with poor. I grew up with nothing. Never going to have nothing. Them maize boys, uh, uh, they ain't going to amount to nothing. I tell you what you're looking at. you looking at a blessed man. That's what you're looking at. I came out of my mess, and I'm blessed, Bless God. What are you trying to do, preacher? I'm trying to get you blessed. My God, I want you out of your mess, and I want you blessed. Glory. But so many times we get caught up in this, and, and I call it this, untested Faith. So many of us sometimes has faith that you hadn't even tested. I got a situation, I got a guy right here that done it. I got a situation in 1995. I was doing a revival in Caldera, Panama. Central America. I went to do a two-week revival at this church. And when I went there, the church had no roof on it. Just, just had, had a little church, had to block around it. Am I telling the truth? You tell me if I'm not telling the truth. I go to do a two week revival in this church. Well, I started, they don't have nothing. I looked on a board. I think it might be good if we do that sometime. Because this, this church, he had a little church here, and he had a bulletin board on the back of the church. And he has everybody's name on it that gave anything. Surely you wouldn't do something like that. The the month before we got there, they took in twenty eight dollars and something. I can't remember how much it was. Twenty eight dollars and something. Nothing. had a had a, a pastor and his two kids and wife lived in a, in a little two rooms in the church. I go to do a revival there two weeks. I thought, oh Lord, this is going to be a mess here. Well. When I started preaching, the preacher came up to me on the first night. He said, "Now brother Herb, he said, I'm going to tell you about our church." He says, "We got a split in the church. He says, the people that sit on this side are mad at the people that sit on this side." Try preaching to that. And so, I said, "Oh Lord." So, you know what happened? I started preaching on love. You know what happened? After about, I don't know, maybe the second night, I think, maybe the third night, second or third night, you know what happened? I said, now we need to get up out of our chairs, and we just need to start loving one another. Because God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whoever believes in Him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. So why don't we just love one another and have a love fest? You know what happened? They started walking over the other side. They met in the middle. And they're hugging and blowing snot and doing all kinds of stuff. Uh, well, we got something started here. So I'm looking at that building. And it's no roof. I said, "So okay, I'm, I'm telling you to stretch your faith for something you can't. You, you need to start believing for what you can't see. If you see it, you don't have to believe it. Start believing for something we don't see. So I said, here's what we're going to do. Within two weeks, I asked the guy, I said, how much is it going to take to put the roof on the church? He said, $1,500. I said, okay, here's what we're going to believe. We're going to believe for $1,500. I want to tell you that the month before, they do only collected twenty eight. Now, when I said that, I'm sure looking back now all them years, they probably thought, this guy, he is Looney Tunes. I said, we're going to start believing for $1,500. And I said, here's how we're going to raise it. I said, on your way to church every night, I want you to bring an offering. Now, it may be a banana. It may be nuts. It may be a little rocks. Whatever it is, but do not come to church without something in your hand that you can come up and put in the offering plate. So we started. And you know, in Panama, Central America, they raised a lot of coffee. And so they, bring, they was bringing coffee, and they was bringing things up to the church. So after about, I don't know, maybe about ten days... Of course, that's back in the day for cell phones, but I had a phone that some people we stayed with, a landline. Now, I know y'all don't know, most of you don't know what that is, but anyway, they used to have landlines. So anyway, this this lady said, uh, Brother Herb said, uh, 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 the church at Trinity Fellowship Church in White House wants you to call them. So I called, um, I can't think of that girl's name that worked the office over there, but... um, Anyway, so I got back, and so I called uh, this girl, and uh, she said, Brother Herb, you won't believe what happened. I said, what happened? She said, um, this lady told me her name. She said, this lady came by church this morning and said she was driving up the road. No, y'all ain't going to get this. Yeah. Yeah, I got it. She was driving up the road past the church and God told her to turn around and write you a check wonder what it was $1500 1500 Yeah how did that happen? Is that just some coincidence that that happened? No, I'll tell you what we started stretching our faith and believing. We started stretching and believing God to move. Now, after I got to, knew that I had the money, I called Mikey. that's him. He's a steel man. Put steel buildings and stuff. So I said, Mike, I need you and Deborah. Don't really need Deborah, but I need you <laughs> to to come over here and put this roof on this church. Did we do it? Yeah. And I'll tell you something else funny too. We had a little cookout after we'd done the church thing. we got done had a little cookout and everything. I'm cooking hamburgers. And I'm getting ready to eat, eat eat my last hamburger. Deborah took it. Huh? You did! I said, Nate, this something. I stand out here and cook all day. And here I'm getting ready to get my hamburger. And Deborah Thompson's getting my hamburger. But I'm saying, we stretch our faith and believe God for something that we can't see. That's what we do. We stretch it for what we we can't see. Now, I'm going to give you four Ps of the perpetual promises of God. Four Ps for the perpetual promise. Now, I told you that perpetual means everlasting. Well, I'm going to ask you this question. Do you think that God loves the Old Testament saints any more than He does you? Well, no, he loves you just as well. And then here's something else. Do you know that we're in a better covenant than the Old Testament saints were? I'm going to tell you something. We're on the verge. I'm going to tell you what's going to happen here. I talked to a pastor the other day, uh, uh well, yesterday. And he said, you know, Brother Herbie he said, I kind of got a feeling. I said, yeah, I kind of got that feeling too. There's something moving. I'm going to tell you what's fixing to happen. These Christians that won't get out and serve God, you know what's going to happen? The drug addicts, the alcoholics, the whore mongrels, they're going to start taking the seats in America churches and revivals come and bless God. I'm going to tell you something. I believe God is is sick and tired of these people who call themselves Christians by name only. Amen. My Bible tells me in Hebrews 10.25, Do not forsake the assemblies of yourselves together. Well, you said, Pastor, there's, there's a pandemic. The hell with the pandemic. You either believe God or you don't believe God. We've got all these excuses why we're not coming to church. I say you get up, take your shower, and put on some uh, uh Avon or whatever, what Crisco, I guess, or whatever you use. Don't make no difference. Put something on and get your butt to church, bless God, and serve God, and see God move in America. Because let me tell you something. Baker said, oh, the "Other day said, you know, said the Democrats going to do this. I don't care what the Democrats do; they have no control over what I do." Now I get up. Y'all know that I get up early in the morning. See, three thirty normally is my time to get up. Now I know that's not good for some of you, but I, I'm up early. You know what I do? I get up and first thing I start, Lord, I just thank you for this day. I just praise you for this day, Lord. I go into the bathroom, go in there to brush my teeth and, uh, um, well, whatever. But, and, 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 so I go in the bathroom and I look in the mirror. I say, man, you, can you imagine at 3.30 in the morning that you got enough, enough faith to speak to a mirror and say, man, you look good. <laughs> now you know, that you got to have faith to say that. But I do. I get. I say, man, you look good today. Tomorrow morning when you all get up, try that. Look in the mirror and say, yeah, you look pretty good today. Where was I at? Oh, the four Ps of a provincial promises. In Isaiah 41.10 over in Isaiah 41:10, here's what he said, the first parental per- perpetual promise of God is peace that the world don't have. because Isaiah says this, Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not amazed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you, I will help thee, I will uphold thee with my right hand of my righteousness. The first per, per, perpetual promise of God is that he gives you peace. If you're looking at the circumstances that's going on, you can't, you can't look at the news media and have any peace whatsoever. You will be depressed. Turn off the news media. And I have tried this, and this is so good. I watch, if I'm going to watch TV, I watch INSP, I think it's called. And it's where um, Bonanza, Andy Griffith, and all of them come on. I mean, that was a good old days. Never heard no cussing. Everybody loved one another. Well, most of the time they did, but... But, you know, but don't watch the news because you'll be depressed. Right. So, peace. Number two, the second thing is over in Ephesians, the second chapter. And we're talking about the position that He has put you in. Ephesians 2, verse 5. Even when we were dead in sin, He has quickened us together by grace. And has raised. And look what he said here. He has raised us up together. He, this is spiritually speaking. He has raised us up together. And look what he said. And made us set in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. You have a position spiritually speaking today in Christ Jesus. Well, what do you mean? God the Father, God the Son, and Herbie. Spiritually, I am seated with Him in heavenly places. So why would I have any problems? But we all, I mean, you know, you all gonna have, some of you going out here today and really think I've lost it. But that's okay. But I still confess that I am seated right next to Jesus. And if I need something, I just say, Lord, I need some help. Now, the next thing is provision. The third P of the promises of God is provision. Philippians 4.19 says, My God shall supply all of your need according to the riches in glory. It's an interesting word there. That word need is need, singular, N-E-E-D. That means that you believe God every day for your need. He didn't say He's going to do your needs. He said, I will do your need. That means every day I get up believing God to meet my need. And I just believe that. Now, the fourth thing is privilege. Perpetual privilege. You have the privilege because you're a child of God. You have the privilege to call on the Lord in the time of need. That is your right. That is your privilege. He gave you that privilege when He went to Calvary and shed His blood for you. He gave you the privilege of being able to call upon Him when you needed Him. So I challenge you today, let's make 2021 a year of the Lord that we stretch our faith to believe for things that we cannot see. Let's stand.